Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. guys welcome back welcome to episode four if you've been binging I hope you're not tired of my voice yet if you are brand new I'm excited to have you I've titled this episode running back to your old lover because I wanted it to be something that we all could relate to like how many of us have run back to a relationship we probably should have just let go if you are one of those people that hasn't done this I applaud you I think that you are great. You are who I aspire to be like. But for the rest of you, you probably know what this is like. It's it's a relationship that has gone bad, but it's comfortable. So something happens in your life and you feel like, you know what? I'm going back there. That was comfortable. That was safe. There was sex happening. I felt great. I'm going to go do that. And what happens? It always doesn't work out again because it was shitty the first time. So I wanted to relate that to a couple of habits that maybe you are doing that you don't want to do anymore. And I'm going to tell you guys some personal stories that hopefully you can relate to your own lives. So the first time that I did the proverbial running back to my old lover was with my first running injury. Now, please don't ask me what the injury was because I didn't have health insurance at the time. I just know that I did a lot of physical therapy, which I taught myself from YouTube to be able to rehabilitate it. But what actually happened was I hurt something in my right leg during the Milwaukee Marathon. Like within the last two miles, I was running at what was a consistent pace. And then my brother's girlfriend, and if you're listening to this, I apologize, but she came up next to me. And something about me was just like, oh no, like she's going to beat me. So I decided to take off at a considerably faster pace in the last probably mile and a half of the race. And what was already hurting, I that was it. I mean, I, I definitely damaged something. Um, it didn't feel right for about two months, but... I decided I didn't really take time off after that race. I only took off about five days and I decided that a 10 mile run was a good idea. And I did that 10 mile run and then I hurt my left knee and I I couldn't run at all. Like it was horrible. I never experienced a running injury before. I reached out to every single runner friend that I had and they were like, well, it's not it's not my body. I I don't know what's going on. You need to go to a doctor. And I was like, I can't afford to go to a doctor. I don't have health insurance. I live in New York City. What the fuck? So it, it was awful. And I felt stuck. And instead of thinking about how can I, I mean, I was, I was resisting. So I knew I had to stop running and I had to start doing cross training and I had to start doing physical therapy exercises to strengthen everything around my left knee and to just allow my right leg to heal. I knew that that was the answer. I knew in in theory that that was the answer, but I was resisting it and I didn't want to do it. 
So in practice, what what did I do? I continued to run on it. I heard it. And then when I couldn't run anymore, when I physically couldn't function anymore, I said, fuck this, fuck this, that's it, I'm not a runner anymore, fuck this, and I ran back to my old lover, and who was my old lover? The bar, the bar scene. I just got drunk. I think I was drunk every day. Like, I I would go to work, I would go to the bar, I would wallow in my own self-pity, I didn't want to make any changes, I just wanted to be drunk, and it wasn't just about running back to the bar. There was a whole other persona that came with running back to the bar because before I was a runner, I was a deviant. I lived in the bar scene. I was the person that was throwing back whiskey at three o'clock in the morning and I wanted to be back in that. I wanted to take my mind off the fact that I had a running injury and I wanted to go back to the bar scene and I wanted to take shots of whiskey and I wanted to look at men and I wanted to make out with them and I wanted them to pull my hair and I wanted to become this, you know, person that is obsessed with deviance. That's what I wanted because... Before I was a runner and I and I had all this energy and I didn't know what to do with it, I was just like, okay, well, who's the most fucked up man that I could find? I want to associate with that man. Like I want to, you know, talk about things like domination and, and all kinds of stuff like that. What was really going on with me is that I was trying to escape. I was trying to escape facing the reality of my life and all of those things that I was trying to run back to, all of those things from my old life and all of those things that felt really good, they were just things that I used to distract myself and I didn't want to look at what was what was happening to me. It was it was too painful for me to accept the truth that I had to be uncomfortable and I had to change and I had to do active work so that I could I could heal myself and I didn't want to do that active work. So that was the first time in my life that I ran back to a lifestyle that didn't serve me anymore. And I'll tell you what, like when I ran back to it, it did feel good. It felt good because when you're drunk, you're, your mind is is just numbed. Like I was just numbed out. I wasn't feeling anything. And I was engaging in some behavior that was kind of throwback to the old life. And, you know, that's that kind of behavior is a rush behavior. So, you know, especially like with sexual behavior, I wasn't really, you know, fucking anybody, but like there was a lot of mind fuckery and mind fuckery is like a rush behavior. Like it's something that gives you an immediate shot of dopamine and then you get to just have feel good, feel good right away. And, you know, running, running gave that to me. Running gave me feel good, feel good right away. And when I couldn't do the running, I wanted to run back to the destructive behavior. So this is something that people do when they, you know, when they're on a path, sometimes when they get derailed, instead of trying to fight through and figure out the solution, they run back to the old behavior. Now, my next running injury actually happened this last summer. I noticed right away. I resisted it for eh, three days. And then I was like, no, you know what? This isn't going to work. I'm hurt. And I stopped running and I did all the right exercises. And within about 10 days or so, I I was doing better. I was ready to run again. And I didn't hurt myself with alcohol every single night. I ate clean. I took care of myself. I meditated. I kept myself in a good headspace. 
I had to do that. I had to do that to get better. I didn't resist it. But it, it took the learning experience for me to get to that point. I didn't run back, but I wanted to. You know, I, you always want to. You always want to run back to your old lover. Like what? how many of us do this with the way that we eat? Like something goes wrong in your life and you want to have an emotional eating experience. And, you know, I was listening to Tony Robbins um, over the last couple of months. And, you know, what Tony Robbins said about, you know, emotional eating is that you're having a gustatory internal experience. So you are actually not even living in the present when you're eating that food. You're experiencing past moments when you're eating that food. Like, I mean, if you, let's say that you reach for like a bag of chocolate chip cookies. I mean, yeah, like you are having, you know, your brain is firing dopamine like every time that you have sugar but really what you're doing is you're you're living in the past you're living through something that you already know is going to give you pleasure and you're not you're not taking time to figure out okay what's wrong with me why am i upset why why is this happening like what do i need to work on you know, it's just it's so easy it's so easy to just do the whole fuck this fuck this fuck this fuck this path what the hell what am i doing this isn't where i'm supposed to be except that it is like the more that you ground yourself and say, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to just put myself in the present moment and figure out what's happening and, you know, be kind to myself and be patient. The more you do that rather than throw in the towel and say, fuck this is going to serve you well. It really is. And you guys can really apply this to anything in your life. It can apply to, you know, a way of lifestyle of drinking or cigarette smoking, or it can apply to an unhealthy lifestyle. Like, Maybe you're on a fitness regimen and maybe you're, you know, you're really going at it hardcore and you've hit a plateau and, you know, instead of trying to reinvent, you just say, fuck this. I mean, this, this happens to everybody. I mean, we, we get tired, we get, you know, into these patterns and the reason that we're doing it is because it's a cognitive rigidity. This is, that, that's all it is. We're in a cognitive rigidity and we need to go and we need to reinvent ourselves. Like when you're feeling the moment of fuck this you have reached a point where your brain needs to think in new ways and your body is saying, no, 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 we can't think in new ways. That's not safe. That's not safe. We can't do it. Except that you have to do it. Like this is this is the time that you grow. This is the time that you change. So with that, I want to share like one more story. And this is when I first got sober and I stopped drinking. And you know what's weird? And I think that this happens to more people than like to admit it but when I got sober I didn't admit that I was an alcoholic I I still to this day like still struggle with the words alcoholic for the reasons that I've mentioned about how people associate alcoholism with rock bottom and when you say the words in society I'm an alcoholic people automatically assume that you were homeless and dirty and living on the street and that's not the case like you can drink you know two glasses of wine every day and be an alcoholic like it's not there is no shame in being an alcoholic it's a fucking addictive drug like so you know most people that you know consume it will achieve some level of dependency on it even if the dependency is so small that they don't even realize that the dependency is there so I'm no longer really embarrassed to say I'm an alcoholic but yeah it took me a while to be able to say it so the first time I said it I'll tell you about the first time that I said that I was an alcoholic you know, when you give up drinking, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I said, when I talk to people who want to stop drinking, you know, usually six to eight weeks, they, they, they fall off. They're like, okay, you know, this, I, I was sober for two months and, and I'm off now. I, I'm going back. I'm running back to my old lover. The drink was my old lover. I'm running back. Why does that happen? So for me, I can tell you the aha moment when it happened. So I've been sober about two months and 
I was working at a job that I just, oh God, like it was the soul crusher of, of the world. I mean, it, it was just, to me, it was, it was the most horrible part of my existence because it didn't fit anything that I was. You know, I was, I was so different than what that environment was. It just, it went against everything that I was as a person. And I was on my way to work one morning and I was standing outside of the building because I would still, I would always stand outside of the building usually before I went in for a few minutes because I did that when I was a cigarette smoker. And what I found was that was the time where I could collect my thoughts. So even after I stopped smoking cigarettes, I still stood outside of the building. I did it every day. I was standing outside of the building and all I kept thinking was, oh my God, like I just want to drink so bad. Like I just want this shift to be over with so that I can go over to O'Donohue's and I want to have the bartender at O'Donohue's. O'Donohue's is an Irish bar on 44th Street. Um, I just want the bartender at O'Donohue's to just feed me Jameson until I can't fucking see straight. Like that's all I want to do right now. I just want to drink so bad and fuck this sobriety and why the hell am I sober and I don't even understand it. I don't even need to be. And I didn't understand why at nine o'clock in the morning I was having this feeling because I I never drink at nine o'clock in the morning so like I didn't understand why I was having this strong feeling at nine o'clock in the morning as to why I wanted to go to the bar so bad like why was I thinking about five o'clock and the fact that I wanted to go to the bar at five o'clock I just didn't get it so I reached out to my friend Elliot who was my first sober friend I'll talk about him probably a lot in this podcast because he really you know was so much of a of a positive influence when I got sober and I said you know I'm feeling this way and you know I'm angry because I have to go to work and I'm angry at this person and I'm angry at this person and I'm angry at this and this and this and this and this and I just want to drink and he said you know you're you're just having a bad day and and that's okay and it's okay that you're having a bad day and it'll pass and I I apologized because I apologize way too much sometimes and I apologize for (laughs) for for bothering him with this and of course he told me not to apologize because he he used to always say that to me and if you you know might find yourself doing that apologizing for things you shouldn't apologize for this is something that I had to work on through sobriety and he said don't apologize and he's like I'm an alcoholic you know talking about our feelings is the new night on the town if you knew his humor you would you would if I can't even like do it justice because you would have to like know him and hear it in his southern accent to to because it makes it even more gold but he said that to me and I said back to him I'm an alcoholic too and then I just I just stood there and I just cried on the street because I was, I was, I was, I was an alcoholic and I wanted to drink, not because I wanted alcohol. I wanted to drink because it was time for me to face a reality in my life. And what the reality in my life was, was that I had a job that made me miserable and I had worked at that job so long and I had done that job for so long and I didn't know how to leave that job. I didn't know how to get a new job. And I had and while I had a lot of education, I didn't have any other jobs on my resume. So I had to really think about how the hell am I going to get out of this job? I need a new job. And there was planning and preparation. There was a resume to be rewritten. There was, you know, the idea of self-promotion, which at the time was like such a scary, like awful thought to me. I was I had to learn how to self-promote. I had to learn how to speak confidently. And I was living in a in a haze of I'm not confident 
rent and all of this. And I had to learn how to do it. And I didn't want to. I had to face the reality that these were things that I had to start doing immediately if I wanted to leave that job. And that was such a hard reality for me to digest at that moment that it was easier for me to think about my old lover going to the bar, going to O'Donohue's, getting trashed, doing tons of shots of Jameson, having somebody push me against a wall, pulling my hair. Like that was easier to think about and safer than me thinking about the next step. And the next step was how do I change what is actually not right? And a lot of times when we have a destructive habit, we're using that destructive habit to to numb out the fact that we are stuck in something that's not right and it's it's not okay and we we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about our thoughts and feelings and, and our hopes and dreams. And we don't want to think about every decision that led us to where we are at the moment. And we don't, we don't want to think about every decision that we have to make to lead ourselves out of it. But here's the, here's the, the great thing is that you don't need to make one giant calculated risk that's going to lead you out of that. That's, that's real. Because the misconception is that we have to leave our situation – And the way to do it is to make one giant calculated risk and have everything bank on that risk and have every single thing rely on that decision. That's not how it goes. There is no big crazy decision that you have to put the weight of the world on to get out of the situation that you're in. You just have to make small choices every single day and you have to do it without fail. So some of you might be like, Andy, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you even fucking saying? <laughs> I'll tell you what I mean. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. Like, it could be something as simple as every day for 10 minutes, if you are in a situation that you are unhappy with, every day for 10 minutes, sit down with a pen and paper and just write about it. You know, just do that. Just try to figure out, get your thoughts in order, get them onto paper. I mean, get get everything into a notebook and try to then just see what the real issue really is. Or it could be something as simple as, okay, well, I'm not happy with what's going on in my life. Something is wrong. Something's wrong, but I, I don't know what it is. So then think about the things that are right and the things that you enjoy and just Every day, dedicate a little bit more time to doing those things. Now, this all just seems like a bunch of hoopla. Like, okay, how the hell is that going to get me to change my life? Like, I will tell you guys, as somebody that has been running in lightning speed in the direction that I want to go for about three years, you have no idea how much change can happen in six months. You don't even know. I mean, in six months, you could be a millionaire. I know people that have increased their financial capital capital like you don't even know how much in, in the course of six months. Like you don't even know the possibilities that lie ahead of you because you're so trapped in what you, you think is happening. But I promise like little tiny decisions and shifts that you make every day. So if it's something like a running injury, you know, just if you just commit to doing even five to ten minutes of exercise – every single day to rehabilitate that injury, that's five to 10 minutes more exercise than you have done in the past how long? I mean, what another thing that I do, something that I learned and I, I plugged them in the last episode, I'm going to plug them again, the whole life challenge. You have to mobilize, stretch, roll, foam roll, you know, all stuff like that. Mobilize your body 
And you have to do that for 10 minutes every day. And I carried on that habit. And you think, oh, okay, like what does that do for you? Like stretching 10 minutes every single day. Well, you know, that's 70 minutes a week. And that adds up to so much time over time. So it, it really, it, it can be anything, anything like if it's, if it's a career that you're unhappy with, I mean, it could just be putting in five to 10 minutes every day to apply for a new job. But, you know, it's, what we want to do is we want to run back to our old lover and we want to run back to the drink because that numbs our mind. We want to run back to the bad food because we want to, you know, we want to have that, that internal experience and we want that rush of dopamine you know, we, we want all of those chemicals that are going to give us immediate gratification. And that just doesn't serve us. That doesn't move us forward. It keeps us standing still. So when you have one of those feelings, one of those feelings that you really don't know how to process or you're, or you're having an emotion, don't run back to your old lover. You know, just, just be with that emotion. Be with it. Like sit there and experience it and let it be uncomfortable as fuck just let it be so uncomfortable and then allow yourself to figure out what it is you will figure it out you will you will figure out where it's coming from if you just sit and stare right the fuck at it you will figure out where it's coming from and then you will be able to get out of that you'll be able to move forward I have a lot of people that I know and work with have done this and have done it successfully and I have faith that you can do it too it really is as simple as just Taking 10 minutes. Just take 10 minutes. Love yourself enough to give yourself 10 minutes. Don't run back to your old lover. Get off that dick, guys, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Don't run back. Don't run back. Move forward. Run in the direction forward that you want to go. So that was heavy, right? Pretty heavy. But I'm glad that you guys came back. It was so nice to have you guys back here for episode four. As always, if you know somebody that you think would get value out of this, forward me along. You can subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can find all of my writing, podcasts, and a way to get in touch with me at getthefuckoff.com and underscore getthefuckoff on Instagram. I look forward to seeing all of you back here next week. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.